Welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast, a podcast where we focus on real issues and have real talk, and as always, provide a biblical perspective. We hope that you will be blessed as you listen. Hello and welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast. This is the Amazing Truth Minute. This is the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. Our Truth Minute today will focus on Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. And it reads, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. You see, folks, empathy is a characteristic that helps relationships thrive. When we sense that someone has compassion for our suffering, it builds trust and intimacy. On the other hand, if we suspect someone has no desire to show empathy, there is a good chance we will withdraw. The writer of Hebrews pointed out that Jesus, our high priest, can empathize with us in every situation because he was tempted in every way during his time on earth, yet he did not sin. And regardless of the reason for our struggles, Jesus understands our situation. There is no reason to avoid him or isolate ourselves for fear of being shunned. The scriptures invite us to approach Jesus in prayer and share exactly how we are feeling. We don't have to hold back or filter what we say because God's people have permission to be transparent with him in prayer. Now, Jesus both understands our weaknesses and serves as our source of our strength to overcome them. And that is the Amazing Truth Minute. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. There we go. Kenan. Yep. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful, Ezra. Ah, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Good to be back. You know, we say, oh, we're good to be back. We never left. We never left. No, it's good to be back. <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> Listeners, uh, friends, you know, uh, everyone out there, we just want to welcome you as we tune in to another exciting episode. And uh, we are excited because today it is going to be a very, very good day. Gonna be a very good day. Uh, maybe day or night, depending yeah, where depending people are where listening. listening from, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. we just we're just excited about this episode. But yeah. but before we jump into it, Kenan, we yeah. have a few things that we just want to bring to the attention of you know our our listeners. You know, number one, we we're grateful that we get to do this work. Yeah. Uh, we 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 thank you all for subscribing and listening. But what you don't realize, and we want you to realize, is that you listeners, thank you for those who write to us and reach out to us. And thank you for the guests who come and sit in these chairs and encourage and bring hope to other people and encourage them. So there's a story that, you know, was shared here and someone listened and started following us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, uh, we connected, we've been, in, you know, together and um, we just want to uh, um, share that our friend who reached out to us, unfortunately, something happened to him. Yeah. Something unfortunate. Something happened. unfortunate. Yeah. But was 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 fortunate or unfortunate, but you know, he is currently incarcerated. Yeah. And when I when still in there, was able to call and got our call numbers and reached out and mm-hmm. shared with us the story. And as Amazing Truth Podcast, we have decided to take up the challenge to help him out because we believe he he's he, he needs our help, yeah. right? And Lesa, let me let me point out something. I the he was on a journey and he yes. still is on a journey yes. to, to better himself. Yes. And as we know, circumstances sometimes when the, when you're trying to go up, the yeah. devil wants to bring you down. So yeah. this is one of those unfortunate circumstances where he uh, he got a bump in, in, his, in his journey. Yes. And so we're coming here to say we want to help him out. Yes. He is currently detained. He has no uh, family support system. He yeah. doesn't know 
uh, any person who can help him out. So we have a friend who has agreed to, you know, uh, donate towards helping get a lawyer, right? Yes. Uh, and so we're excited that we are halfway there to get our friend out, yes. right? Yes. So we, and the friend said that, hey, I'm going to give $750 and somebody needs to match that up so that we can get this gentleman out. So, right. Kenan. Yeah, God works in mysterious ways. We, yes. We didn't know. We just shared this to them. They listened and say, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm yep. ready. Yeah. I have $750 that I want to donate. So but we, on condition. Yes. She said it was a condition. A condition. That we, it has to be matched. So now, listeners, today we are starting on asking. <laughs> we are starting by asking, please help us raise $750 to match so that we can get this friend of ours who has been encouraged, who has been on a journey, who has listened to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would like to, you know, they, 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 we would like to help them. And they yeah. will come one day and share their story here and how that journey was. So right. how can people give? And the, before we say, you say that, the, the money is going towards... A legal help. Legal help, yes. Trying to help him keep his house. Yes. Yeah. So this the fifteen. Is it fifteen hundred? Yeah, fifteen hundred. Yeah. Is that's that's not enough. Yes. We need more. So if you can give more. Yeah. Yeah. We'll so anyway, so we're gonna do a drive. Let's say yeah, uh, seven hundred and fifty dollars one week. We're matching that up so that we can get the we legal can, help started. Yeah, we can start getting. So yeah. people can go to our website, Amazing Truth Podcast, mm-hmm. Amazing uh, Podcast at uh, dot org, org. and uh, we're gonna see the handles there. Please send something so that we can get, and we'll be updating you on our social media. Follow us. We'll give more information. Mm-hmm. Be part of the journey as we start this. But today, and Ezra, hold on. Mm-hmm. If you know us personally, you have a cash ups. Yes, please. Hit us up, uh, hit send us up, send us, send that, and we'll 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 make sure we we gotta help. Someone yes, out. we're gonna help someone out. So yeah. thank you for listening, thank you for joining. But now let it's not about us. Yeah, uh, but already about. today it wasn't about us. It that wasn't part, about right? It. Yeah, we've learned. Elsa. We've learned. So today we just want take more time we just want to transition to we have a special guest with us man you're not ready we are not ready for this we have a special guest our guest has been someone that i have seen known been around and uh, i'm excited just to sit with him kenan what, what about you i have known this guest for a long time he's <laughs> been my mentor we've shared memories and uh, moments together so yes. s- him, him sitting here you you were his mentor Oh, he was his man. He was yours. Okay. All right. Can I mentor someone? I was. I was but asking. It's a privilege. It's to a have privilege, him here. and yes. we don't want to take much time. We want our guest to introduce himself, yeah. and, uh, and 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 then we'll take it from there. We'll take it from there. So, guest, tell us your name yeah. and tell us why you chose to be here and what you're looking forward to. Uh, thank you very much for amazing, amazing podcast uh, to have me. My names are uh, Alex Isoe. Mingate, and uh, it's a privilege to share my story. And actually, it was last Sabbath, and uh, me and Kenan were in a situation where we were trying to help our friend. Mm-hmm. And I looked at Kenan on his face, and I said, <laughs> you, "You don't like me." Oh. <laughs> and I asked him why. <laughs> then he asked me why, as he said, and I said, "Because you've never invited me to share my story." He was shocked. He said, "Alex, I like you. Actually, I love you as my brother." Nice. And I told him, "I know that." Then he invited me so that I could share my story. That's how I am here yeah, that's, today. Yeah, and and I, I let me I explained to Alex. I told him, you know, Alex, I've known you, but I'm I'm a professional as well, yes. so I don't want to ask and trigger you. So I did not know where he was at yes. mentally. Mm. But then we spent time together and we unpacked a few things with him. And I said, you know, why not? Why exactly. let's, let's just come and share. You sure. you know, thank you, thank you, Alex. Yes, thank you, thank you, Kenan. Yeah. That day, thank you for reasoning well. That I, day. I did. That yeah. was good. <laughs> thank you. But I want to say this to the listeners. You see, it is a beautiful thing. You have a story you want to tell. Mm-hmm. We don't know if you're ready and you want to tell. So be like Alex. Like, yeah. thank you, Alex, for just yes. being thank you, you know yeah, straightforward sure. and yeah. saying, hey, I, I need I need to share my story. And this is what we keep on telling our listeners. You have a story to tell. It is yours. And so we are excited that Alex... Mm-hmm challenged you yeah challenged us mm-hmm. and here we are today for our session so let's jump into it okay yeah let's go into it so uh, we don't want to say who is alex yes because we'll sit here for forever yeah yes so alex what 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 do you want to what story do you want to share with us you know yes uh my story is about my addiction yes mm-hmm. and my recovery mm-hmm. okay and uh that's why i am here today I want to share 
my story to those who are struggling those who have been labeled as alcoholist yeah. those who have been labeled as abusers but i call them people who are struggling mm-hmm. so i'm here to share my story about struggling and that's why i'm here okay man yeah canon this is kind of it's very encouraging to hear someone say i want to share my struggle usually everybody strives to hide their struggle you know so so alex you were not born struggling <laughs> right <laughs> i want to presume we don't yes. know <laughs> but so tell us a little bit where were you born how how did you end up here and you know let's let's first get to know alex before we jump to the struggles yeah, right yeah. uh so tell us a little bit about your background where you're born how you found yourself in this country how that journey was as as we dive we dive deep into this yeah th- th- that question i've been asked several times uh-huh Uh, give us your preview about life <laughs> and many times i i didn't consider to look back mm-hmm. and truly know who i was mm-hmm. until one day i sat down and asked myself this question keep on coming mm-hmm. over and over every time i go to the rehab in the hospital or in a new place somebody want to get acquainted with me mm-hmm. they ask me give us your preview and actually i set a moment to sit down and at one particular time i realized who i was my yes. name is alex mm-hmm. i was born and raised in kenya more particularly in nyanza province mm-hmm. and uh, i was privileged to be raised by two parents mm-hmm. both of them were working mm-hmm. and uh, it was rare in those days to find that uh, you wake up and you realize you are born uh, you have uh, a fence wall mm-hmm. you have a fridge in the house mm-hmm. you have a phone in the house you have a car in the parking so i can say i was born in privilege without my notice mm-hmm. and it came later on to realize after i came to know there were people who were truly struggling with poverty so i was born in a privileged family but above all i was also born in a privilege of being an adventist mm-hmm. Uh, my parents both of them were adventist mm-hmm. and from the matano side uh, they had uh, donated a plot mm-hmm. uh, to the church mm-hmm. so i was also born being a very staunch adventist mm-hmm. so that is my background uh, where i was born and how i was raised so you are you are raised an adventist you are raised in a well to do home privileged yes. let's use yes. the word privileged, privileged. Yeah. okay Yes. And then when you realized that there's other people who are not privileged did that change your mind how how you look at life or how did that make you how did that change your outlook as a kid you still do not grasp what poverty is mm-hmm. but there was to an extent where i could offer an olive arm to others mm-hmm. for example every time i finished a class Let's say two. Mm-hmm. I had all those books, skills books that we used to yes, have. Yes. I could donate them mm-hmm. to my cousins. Mm-hmm. And I'll make sure that uh, what I knew from my uh, I went to privileged school too. Mm-hmm. My we were called we, we used to call them uh, papers uh, the, the 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 exam papers. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I used to make sure that I had photocopied them in mm-hmm. our time we oh. used to say we used to xerox them <laughs> <laughs> and make sure that each and everyone mm-hmm. who was your follower mm-hmm. had them so that they could have the privilege of education the same way you had. So I could say that that's how in my little sense mm-hmm. I could give back Yeah. Yes. So so Alex I'm hearing that you're born in a privileged or well-to-do family. You have a decent normal upbringing with both parents, you know. Uh life seems to be just normal that you don't even realize the poverty and the struggles that other people are going, you know, living through. So born and raised in Kenya. So at what stage age did you, you know, cause you're in the US. So at some point you had to relocate, <laughs> you know, at what stage and how was that journey mm-hmm. for you coming here? Did you move as a whole family? How did you end up in this country? Yeah. Um, uh, l- let me say this, uh, even in our privilege, there was still a, a dent. Yes. My father was an absentee father. Okay. My father was in the US. Okay. 
he came here to study. Oh, and my mother also was kind of like an absentee mother too, mm. once in a while, because okay. she also was a medical engineer. And okay. uh, being the first woman medical engineer in Kenya, she traveled a lot. Mm. So we did not have the privilege to be with them all the time. So yes. when we finished our 12th grade, which is Form 4, yes. at that particular time, if you remember, mm-hmm. the education system under Moi. Mm when you go to the university, you could spend up to eight years because of the strikes. Yes. So my parents decided, no, we cannot go mm-hmm. to the university in Kenya. So we were shipped to India at okay. a very tender age. I oh. wasn't even able to get a passport by then. Mm-hmm. But somehow, you know, anything is possible in Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> so we were able <laughs> to go to India. Uh-huh. And then from India... And that's when we were petitioned and our ba- our parents brought us to this country. And that wow. was in 1999. When you moved to India, did you go with your parents or just you siblings? Oh, uh, the two of us, the me two. and my elder sister. Yeah, so sister. my younger sister. So we, for the record, we are three in our family. Okay. So uh, two girls and one boy. I'm All the right. only son. All right. So Nice. So so I, I like uh, what I'm here. I mean, just to recap, you... You you have both parents, but they're working very hard to provide. You know, sure. mom is traveling; she's doing the best, and you know, dad is in the U.S. You know, came yes. to study, uh, and so for the most part, during that period of time, there's, there's there are moments where you are raising by relatives or you know, house help or somebody else yes. who's yeah. not the immediate parent. Okay, mm-hmm. so now you move, you go to India. I didn't even know you had that route to India. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't, you and Ken have something to come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No, but he said he was shipped. He was shipped. <laughs> you, you, if you ask, no, no, no. <laughs> if you ask anybody that went, that is the term they're going to use. Oh, really? Oh, shipped. <laughs> shipped to India. <laughs> yeah. That's a story for another uh, day. That's another day. <laughs> so you, you're shipped to India. Yes. Uh, how old are you when you go to India? I was tenderly 17. 17. So yeah. you had 17 in India with your older sister. Yes. So these are two perhaps teenagers yes. in a, a country where yeah. it's foreign yeah. and yes. you're by yourselves. Your, yeah. pre, your mom is back in Kenya, I presume, at this point and your yes. father is here. Yes. yes. So, okay, okay. Wow. And and, and, and and as you know, well, you don't know, Isa, but going to a country any anywhere in Southeast yeah. Asia, yeah. It's you know the privileges of working and driving and all this. These are nothing. You have to fend for yourselves mm-hmm. and whoever exactly. is there that supports you. Yeah, it's already a tough life. Okay. So I'm, I, I think there's a, there's more to that. Just yes. going to India and what that you know that yes. made you as a person. But but you know, you know Kenan, I don't want us to miss this point. Right. The parents are working very hard to see the best for their children. Exactly. This is the best. Like yeah. go to the best schools. Yes. Good jobs. I mean, well, hardworking parents, but also at a very early and tender stage, maybe where you also need that guidance and shaping and stuff. You're also finding yourself out there by yourself. So, now let's now take the plane to the U.S. How how so you you were you shipped to the U.S. again? And uh, how long were you? How in long? India? Yeah, in India, uh, three three years. Three years. Three years. Three three years. years. There's something I want to say about India. When yeah. we got to India. Mm-hmm. We we landed at uh, Mumbai Airport, mm. International mm. Airport. That is uh, Mumbai Central. Yes. And when we alighted from there, what we didn't know that we did not have actually the admission. The admission you get in Kenya is not admission. <laughs> Oh, it's yeah, called yeah. provisional admission. So yeah. when you get so there, you went with you, provisional results. You, know, and, and, you, you, yeah. you 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 have now to look for the real admission when you get to India. Mm-hmm. No school actually call you. You were given fake papers from Jogo House. <laughs> My friend, when you get there, they tell you, where's that admission letter? They take it and they tear it. Really? Like, I, did, like that, I need that for school, then, My friend. So, so, so what it's, it's happened for us, <laughs> now I'm building the story of uh, yeah. my sobriety, my, my, my addiction. Mm-hmm. At the airport, mm-hmm. we found a couple of people. Mm-hmm. And with our green knowledge, mm-hmm. no knowledge about India, mm-hmm. we gave them our admission letters. They said, oh, that is where we're going. And they used to call that place a station. Mm-hmm. That is our station. Mm-hmm. So with faith, we allowed ourselves mm-hmm. to be their guest. Mm-hmm. And we were going to Punjab. Mm-hmm. So for us, we went to Punjab. We got to Punjab. After one week, we went to, 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 to look for the admission. Mm-hmm. And two weeks later, I realized I was in Gujarat. I and I wasn't in Punjab, <laughs> and uh, wow. that 
that is another story of how other things came in. Yeah. <laughs> but let me let me let's because I, I think there's in India it's easier. Alcohol is cheap. Or any exactly. uh, any any other substance to be it's easily accessible and it's 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 yeah. affordable. Yeah. Did you did you uh, taste or oh, you're seventeen at this this time? Did you get indulge in any of those vices no. when you were there? No. <clears throat> this is this is where the problem started. If you are well familiar with India, India has dry states mm-hmm. and dry towns. Mm-hmm. Dry states or dry, many people do not understand what dry state is. Mm-hmm. And actually, I, I realize there's a dry town, uh, Dallas, mm-hmm. somewhere in Dallas, some, some, some zip code is dry. Mm-hmm. Dry means no alcohol can be bought there. Mm-hmm. There is no liquor store, nothing at all. Mm-hmm. You have to go out of that zip code. Mm-hmm. So Gujarati was a dry state. There was no alcohol. Mm-hmm. And the catch was the the university that I went to, the people, almost all of them, had people who had stayed there for three years. Mm-hmm. They had finished their undergrad. They were doing their law degrees, mm-hmm. and therefore they had stayed there for long. Mm-hmm. And since they had stayed there for long, it means that they knew everything about mm-hmm. India. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, Living in Gujarat, you could not drink. So mm-hmm. if you wanted to drink, you had to go to Damanandiu. Mm. So we were looking forward for every weekend to go to Damanandiu. Mm. Not that we were drunkards, mm-hmm. but we followed mm-hmm. the older generation yes, just to get out of uh, Valsad or, uh, you know, Baroda or Ahmedabad, just to go somewhere mm-hmm. that people are allowed to wear a skirt, oh. drink, or a nightclub. Mm. So that's how my journey of drinking started because we could come as a crowd, mm-hmm. travel together to mm-hmm. Daman and Dew, mm-hmm. and knowingly, mm-hmm. that is how I got hooked to that. And so, and and you had a lot, and you have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You know, you have exactly. School is just maybe four hours, and then the four rest hours. of the day. You have time, so especially summers. Especially summers. So, so now, so what I'm hearing is, um, you there's an, a a need for social life, like you know, going far and with a team, with friends, with people. There's a level of get out of this regular environment, break it. But the environment that now you're yeah. walking to is yes. an environment where. You know, there's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of partying. There's all exactly. these. There's all that. But but again, you you're seventeen. You're 17 yeah. You know, yeah. you, you're falling. Well, that's not an excuse, though. I'm but, not saying but it's yeah. an excuse, but, but at that but stage, it is, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a it's a big factor. Yes. in the decisions you make. So yeah. at, at at that that's the period now you start getting into alcoholism. Yeah, that's the first time I basically sat down and. I had tested alcohol before, but that is the, you test it and you don't even swallow it. Yes, yes. Because the test is foreign. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and you just puke it away. Yeah, yeah. But I remember, you know, the funny part of it, the, 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 all over the world, their beers are standard, almost standard. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in India, their beers are very huge, mm-hmm. like Kingfisher <laughs> is, is, is a big beer. <laughs> so we sat down there and I I, 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 I I managed to finish my first kingfisher was so big uh-huh. and I couldn't imagine mm-hmm. but I don't know how I came back mm-hmm. it was a long drive mm-hmm. but I remember I was in <laughs> Daman mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. but the next day I found myself in Surat Surat wow, wow. Yeah. So, so ideally, your journey for this story starts in India. That's yeah. really where you yes. find yourself. But again, you've gone there at a young stage. You're with your sister. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you thought you're going to Punjab, and then you find yourself in Gujarat. You know. Gujarat. Gujarat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm learning those names. <laughs> Gujarat. Right, right. Get it right. All right. So now, yeah. let's now fast forward. How you route to the U.S. So you're there for three years. Yes. Then you come to the U.S. Now, how was that journey? How was the transition? How does that happen? It was a tough transition. Did you go back to Kenya? Or? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I want to thank my aunt Margaret Bruchara so much for making that transition easier. Uh-huh. And uh, we had back to go back. If you have been petitioned, mm-hmm. 
you have to go back to your mother country. Okay. So it meant that we had to go back to Kenya, mm-hmm. going to Kenya. Both parents were not there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Margaret Bruchara was our host. Mm-hmm. So through her help, she helped us. And uh, we... So at this stage, you're, you're 20. Yes. This stage. Did you have any expectations of the States? No, really. I, first and foremost, I didn't want to come this place. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there was anything, I fought so hard not to come. Mm. I'd already loved India. Mm-hmm. The competition was very good. Mm-hmm. I took economics, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, and actually I came to love economics so much. In my first year, I was one of the I was the first Kenyan ever mm-hmm. to receive. Every year when you do your exam. Mm-hmm. Exceptional students are given rewards, mm-hmm. but in Gujarat you are actually given a real gold medal. Mm. So, having received my first real gold medal at first year, mm-hmm. it was something that I didn't want to lose mm-hmm. because if you cannot finish, you have to give it up back. Mm. So it meant that uh, I had to give it back because. It's like a relay. Mm-hmm. When you finish, you give it to somebody else. Yeah. So I had to do my exams quickly mm-hmm. before graduation, mm-hmm. but you need to graduate and give it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. It, it was the lowest moment of my life. Mm-hmm. It was really low. So wow. you've been attached to India. You want to relocate now. You don't want to. But finally, eventually, you end up here. Yeah. I ended up here. So how did that transition when you came to this country? How was that? How was your experience? Very tough, very tough because first and foremost, absentee father mm-hmm. and absentee mother. Mm-hmm. And my mother may wonder why am I calling her absentee, mm. absentee in this way. And I think I, I swore in my life that I'll never take my child to a boarding. Mm-hmm. I went to a boarding at a very young age. Okay. And remember, we used to only close school for only one week. So it meant that uh, first time you saw your parents only one week. Second time, you only saw your parents one week. December, when you come, my mother might be out. Mm-hmm. So we actually never saw our parents. Okay. So by the time I came here, mm-hmm. I realized people who want to give me direction and rules, mm-hmm. which were never there in my life. So you you, you <laughs> lived, you, you, you are, you, you're How growing old? up without any guidance. You know, guidance. And so are you, you're, I'm assuming you're making rules of life by yourself right? yes okay and i, I was making most of the decisions mm-hmm. i had made up to that point mm-hmm. were my own your own decisions so yes. how old did you were you when you went to boarding very young okay very young so you go primary school <laughs> i'm presuming very young in primary extremely school extremely young okay right. yes so you spend your early childhood life in boarding school yes. you go to high school and boarding school you yeah. finish boarding school you go to india yeah. spend three years there you come now this is the first time in your life where you're sitting at home with your parents Both parents <laughs> and it's like what is what is this whole new world that i'm walking into so but 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 your parents were working hard because they wanted to provide they, you know of course. they loved you and, and all but, that but is it but did you know did you understand that that they were working they were ab, you know, absent because they were working hard did you what what was in your mind yes you? yes and no mm-hmm. yes because they told us mm-hmm. no because as time came by mm-hmm. i realized that all this time i never understood mm-hmm. there was a resentment mm-hmm. built in me mm-hmm. That was so subtle. Mm -hmm. And I think to many of us, Mm -hmm. it is there. Mm -hmm. And that's why until today, Mm -hmm. because I remember one time I asked my sister, why don't you call mom even once a month? He Mm -hmm. said, we never used to talk to her the whole time. Mm -hmm. She was comfortable with it. Why does she want me to call her? Mm -hmm. And it dawned on me that even now, some of us who are in this country don't call their parents because we never interacted. Mm-hmm. They, they were parents in terms of providence, yes. not in terms of relationship. Mm. So I think that is when I realized there was a resentment in me. Mm. Was. Was. That's a keyword. Yes. Was. Was is a keyword. Yes. And yeah. we'll probably go in to see yes. how you you process that yes. and how you... Yes. Yeah, but that's, yeah. Yeah. Kenan, there's, so. there's, 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 there's something here in terms of, uh, you know, again, epigenetics last week. We're yeah. talking about a situation where 
is something that you don't even realize yourself. It becomes a part of you. You normalize it, and then later on, it becomes something that is handed down. Um, just, just, just listening. How huge that piece of relationship, mm. relationship, like just parent-child relationship, and it's so hard nowadays when you look at our the younger generation growing, and it's like we are working so much as parents. So yeah. you see yes. that even in the current society, and we don't know what that does to kids. So. Fast forward. Go ahead. Can we uh, let's uh, just take this moment here and just say, do you, can you talk to parents? Yes. Who, parents who are probably absent, mm-hmm. and they probably generally they have good reasons why they're absent. Just talk to them and also talk to the kids who are in that home. Just for just a minute. Yeah, uh, I would like personally to talk to fathers first because mm-hmm. uh, I'm better in a position to talk as a father mm-hmm. when. When you are absent, yet you're providing, it is not enough. Mm. It's not enough because at some point, when we there is an intersection in life, mm-hmm. and we receive everything. We receive education, we receive clothes, we receive everything we can. But when you get to a point, you start working, you must start giving back. You start giving back, not the education, not the clothes. You start giving back the mentorship of raising somebody, how they can become a man mm-hmm. or a woman mm-hmm. or somebody of value in the society. Mm-hmm. Then you realize you're bankrupt of that mm-hmm. because you were never given that. Mm-hmm. And I hope they realize what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What you received is only education. Mm-hmm. What you received is only clothes. Mm-hmm. So it's so easy for me to be sending yeah, money right. uh, wave and never be able to have a relationship. It's easier for me to go Kenji and send my father a suit, but we don't have a relationship. So mm-hmm. I will give you back what you gave me. Mm-hmm. Therefore, but if you gave me a relationship, mm-hmm. I will give you back that relationship. Yeah. So that is what I'm saying. The key to that is I was not given a relationship. Mm-hmm. I was given presence. Mm-hmm. I was bribed. <laughs> wow. So I also try to bribe back. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And is is it safe to say Ezra that even if um so when you when you say you you, you are given education mm-hmm. I want to say that it's easy for you then when you have kids and this is so you have to really intentionally correct that that it's easier for you to give your kid the same thing you know that's what you know. That's what you know. Yeah. I, I will come back on that because yeah. okay. that is right. part of my story and okay. it, yeah. it, so. it, it's sad when I realized that that was the trajectory mm-hmm. that I was following. Yeah. Okay. Without so my knowledge. Let's put that on the parking lot because <laughs> it's part of the story. So you come here in the US and now you're talking about a relationship. So explain that, you know, being home with parents and now you're trying to build that relationship and how that how did that journey pan out for you? It was a tough journey. Okay. It was a tough journey because it was also a tough journey for them. Mm-hmm. Because uh, just being now the five of us mm-hmm. trying to make decision, all of us, mm-hmm. which was so foreign to us, mm-hmm. was not easy. Yeah, either we had to listen mm-hmm. or we had also to give our views, mm-hmm. and in both ways we tried. Mm-hmm. It was cholesterol mm-hmm. and in an essence we had to start from square one mm-hmm. to start understanding mm-hmm. who each person was was mm-hmm. i only realized i knew my sister mm-hmm. i didn't know my younger sister mm-hmm. i didn't know my father i didn't know my mother mm-hmm. and it was very stressful mm-hmm. extremely stressful and that pushed me to work harder to stay at work mm-hmm. than at home <laughs> Kenan, I told I, you. I told you. Israel. I told you this was going to behave. Yeah. Right. But looking at this, Kenan, uh, something that that jumps to mind is, you know, relationships are built over time. You know, at this stage, you're twenty plus. You know. Yes. Your older sister is twenty plus because she's older yes. than your younger sister. Not far away from you. So for for and your parents, you know, they've lived many years. You're looking at a relationship that was supposed to be formed over 20 years yes. and now all of a sudden you have to rebuild that maybe in a month, in a year because you have to coexist. You have to live together. 
you know, and how challenging and and hard that can be. Would I be wrong if I said that relationships are something that we ought to be intentional in in doing? Because if we don't, mm-hmm. a time will come where we are faced with them and we have to make. Will Will I be safe to say that these actually forced you as a family to sit and say we need really to know ourselves because circumstances brought you to that point? It did. Mm-hmm. It brought us to a drawing board, mm-hmm. and it disrupted. Mm-hmm our normals mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. everybody normal was disrupted we had this new normal mm-hmm. that wasn't normal it was abnormal mm-hmm. psychology they call it dysfunctional mm-hmm. but you know it is through disruption mm-hmm. again the normal comes mm-hmm. and i i i believe mm-hmm. i thank god for that moment because it it, it was rough mm-hmm. but in the end it's smoothened oh, so right. at what so what role why did your parents at this at this time now what role were they playing in your life mm-hmm. what they provide yeah i don't know yeah, yeah. what role yeah what 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 do you see them as at this time in life you know when, when 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 mandela when mandela uh divorced winnie mm-hmm. i was very young and uh, read a newspaper he used a term that sometimes i use in life because it's it's good they say it's not good to wash your dirty linens in public, in public. public right there there are some things i will not go deep yes. beyond that yes yes yes, yes, and, yes exactly. and, and i don't Fair want enough. to massage them that they were good yes no i, I don't want to sugarcoat yes. and and because it's gruesome at that area mm-hmm. but what i'll say is this what role i still found that i was still fathering and mothering myself okay Okay. I was still the father and mother of myself still. Okay. But as I said, over time mm-hmm. it was rough. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I thank God's mm-hmm. intervention mm-hmm. that over time through the word of God, mm-hmm. through the word of God, mm-hmm. I I I I was humbled more than the very dust under my feet mm-hmm. to come to understand that it's a journey that I have to go back. Mhm in time mm-hmm. and be the kid mm-hmm. and start growing so going back to you, you said a statement you enjoyed staying at work more than staying at home yes how did you cope with this situation remember in india now you have started drinking now you are here in this environment in this state there is transition from one culture to another because you know you have the indian culture the kenyan culture now you're in the american place you have family you're there How did you cope? How what did this do to your 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 coping habits? What what happens to your drinking and so forth? The drinking was social. Okay. Social drinking is when uh, you get yourself in a place where there is alcohol. Yes. You can do it or not do it. Yes. At that particular time it was so, basically social drinking. Mm-hmm. But I could say again mm-hmm. because of the lifestyle we develop mm-hmm. in uh, college or in our areas of growth mm-hmm. they tend to follow us mm-hmm. so in, in the indian culture of studentship anybody who has gone to india will tell you we loved to socialize mm-hmm. in the evening we could sit together and kenna knows this very well so i yearned for that so mm-hmm. in uh, thursdays we used to have a place called blue nile yeah so uh, we could go there not really we wanted to drink mm-hmm. not we wanted to dance but just to be there socialize. and kill time mm-hmm. so that became our new normal again uh-huh. we could go to blue nile mm-hmm. or to Boomerang, mm-hmm. just sitting down yes. and finding people because mm-hmm. there was no place to find because mm-hmm. we were working so hard. Mm-hmm. So at that particular time, I, I I wasn't even drink. I could drink even maybe once in six months. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that I, I had planted the seed of alcohol mm-hmm. in my body. Yeah. <laughs> and and at this point again, we're going back home. There's not. A sense of structure is not there. Mm-hmm. You're you're making rules for yourself, mm-hmm. yeah. and at this point in your head, whatever you whatever rules you're making are okay. Mm-hmm. It's 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 good. Yeah. You're socializing. You're you're building yourself up from where you came from and what you saw. So, and then so at what point now did you feel that okay now it's it's an addiction or walk us through that journey? Now, yeah. Uh, life is a journey mm-hmm. and uh, a journey is a distance 
and distance has both speed and time. Mm-hmm. So from that time, I, you know, marriage came in, mm-hmm. which was also a wrong decision, mm-hmm. and uh, married. And now we're talking about now when did the addiction kick in? Mm-hmm. The addiction kicked in in 2015 mm-hmm. 2015 something unimaginable happened to me mm-hmm. having been my father having been an absentee father mm-hmm. i had married at three kids i swore that i'll give my kids what i was never given without realizing i was giving my kids only education and the things and everything mm-hmm. and i was still working very hard mm-hmm. and uh, i went back home to my cousin's wedding mm-hmm. when i came back there was a change of behavior in my children mm-hmm. i realized it but i didn't question it I said maybe it's because I stayed longer maybe so something about the month mm. that morning when I took them to school I realized they had not cleaned their bags they had not done their homework and received a lot of emails from school and everything as we were going to school I stopped the car on the side clean up their bags they had rotten apples and mangoes and bananas in their bags and i told them that when you come in the evening all of you will see me this is not the way to grow and uh, and fortunately that statement was not the right statement a father should make and uh, i left them at school they were very afraid this time they were in arono school district i came back home i realized my son was not going to school that day because i had jet lag i went to the basement i wanted to sleep for 3 hours before i i could go and do some of the few things i was doing to at that time i was running a trucking business mm-hmm. when i went to the basement there was a big bang on my knock i realized his child protection and the police they came and they told me they had taken my kids mm-hmm. and the journey of the 3 months that my kids were not there was unimaginable this is the time i realized that i was addicted to my children mm-hmm. without them in the house the house was big and hollow and traumatizing every time i left work i came home i developed insomnia my appetite went and i tried everything i could while still fighting to bring them at this particular time anybody who has gone through a child protection they will tell you that uh, they will take you to many classes mm-hmm. mental evaluation psychological evaluation parenthood class all these things i did everything i can but still they never gave the children back to me so hitting the third month insomnia had kicked to the third month and my eyes were so red i hadn't slept for two months and i was so fatigued i just yearned to sleep anything that could make me sleep by that particular time i was desperate to take mm-hmm. i went to the hospital talked with the doctor i didn't know that i was supposed to see a psychologist maybe a psychiatrist but i just went to the normal doctor they just told me just take benadryl mm-hmm. at that particular time i was taking 10 benadryls and nothing was happening mm-hmm. and one day i was passing by uh maple plain i saw this big liquor store i said maybe if i drink i will sleep any time i used to drink i slept very well mm-hmm. maybe i should I went there. I grabbed a vodka. Anything that was faster and close to 
to the counter mm. and went home slept like a baby woke up i had appetite and i found my solution mm. wow so this far <laughs> you're socially drinking this yeah. far you're just enjoying company you're going for social yes. and stuff but there's a bump on the road you know in your journey yes that just seems to be like now the journey to addiction uh, the struggle you say the struggle when i use the right terminology here yeah starts kenan what are you hearing what stands out what stands out i just wrote it down when you say you found your solution really you found a problem mm. but yes you you solved one part of yes. your which is the sleep mm-hmm. yes you woke up the next day your kids were not there mm-hmm. they were not there you woke up the next day they were not kids there. were not there mm-hmm. yes so when you, that's a loaded set when you say you found your solution and many people do that i'm not I'm, many people say that in mm-hmm. my line of work i've said them drinking helps me mm-hmm. but does it really help you mm-hmm. you know so, that then that, that's not a question we, yeah, that's just we, a set you know that's yes it's a solution but really it's a problem yeah so our time is running let me let me let me let me also ask this question for us to unpack as we start winding part one guys you don't want to miss <laughs> you know we just we just we're just building up to the story we we haven't even gone into the specific what he does to him to uh, what alcohol does to to alex eventually now parenting you've mentioned parenting throughout your journey you yes. know your parents were working hard you were raising yourself now you're a parent yes and boom here's the situation mm-hmm. do you think your upbringing contributed to even how you spoke to your children you are experienced to a point that it actually got you to that space and that place it did mm-hmm. it did i was playing the tape back mm. and uh, it's hard you know it's it's easy to be honest with somebody mm-hmm. It's really hard to be honest with yourself. <laughs> the the term racialization mm-hmm. is a big term for everybody including the greatest names you can ever know. Mm-hmm. But deep 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 everybody knows this and both of you know this that before you sleep at night you know where you lied to yourself. Mm, you yeah. you will never un- lie to yourself twice. Mm-hmm. You may have lied to yourself once, but you really know where you lied to yourself. Mm-hmm. Before you sleep, you know the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, at that particular time, I came and I realized, okay, I think I was never prepared enough mm-hmm. to be a parent. Mm-hmm. And maybe I shouldn't be have a be a parent. Mm-hmm. But looking at my background and my upbringing at this point I'll say I over tried and I did more than I should have done because the way I mentored the kids it was through sheer luck mm-hmm. and through the grace of God. Mm-hmm. I can say God was walking with me mm-hmm. and patting and telling me what to do otherwise it would have been worse mm. yeah so okay kenan we go back to this point that we keep on talking that you 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 have to take care of yourself so that to be able to take care of someone else whether it's your spouse or your children and stuff and it's very easy for us to be caught up with living life but not realizing that there are things that are broken in our lives that we need to actually get help right so uh, uh listen as as you're listening uh Alex's story it's uh, this could be you you know there are things in your life that you need to pause and then listen and ask yourself there there's something that is bothering you uh uh pain in pain out they say whatever you have is what you can give so uh take time to think yeah. process ask yourself tough questions understand that all of us carry some level of trauma some level of brokenness and how do we deal with it kenan yeah want to wind up but what do you have to say as as we build into this i i i think from well man i mean for me i'm stuck where um he the the absentee mm-hmm. parents and then you're here and then that what struck me is like you now you are you're, you're absent from your kids mm-hmm. and i can ima- i can only imagine 
what that is doing to you mm. how broken you are how helpless mm-hmm. you are and and again i just want to thank you for for sh- for sharing that i mean that's i can only imagine that mm-hmm. and and it's powerful that what you have you what you are afraid of is actually what you're facing and i went, when we talked uh, saturday you told me you're not fear i want to ask you are you ready to share this alex mm-hmm. what what you told me that you're not fearful the three things that you are afraid of in life have already happened to you mm-hmm. so there's nothing else that is making you fearful and we'll Very, go <laughs> yes <laughs> we'll, well, well, and yeah, i don't want you to share don't, okay. don't share those we'll, <laughs> we'll come we'll come to that so alex yes parting shot for this part what at this phase of your life part 2 will start building now the yeah. journey to the depth of alcoholism yeah. If if you were to go back and advise yourself up to this stage you're talking to the younger self you what would you tell yourself I I am very proud of myself mm-hmm. when we talk to people mm-hmm. a podcast pulpit mm-hmm. our lives mm-hmm. we talk about our accolades mm-hmm. little do we talk about our failure yeah. powerful failure yeah. feeds success yeah. no man mm-hmm. was ever truly succeeded and i want you to put this bold and in italic mm-hmm. truly succeeded mm-hmm. who never failed mm-hmm. the ground you fall under mm-hmm. the harder it is mm-hmm. the better for it is a stronger foundation It's powerful. So it's up deep. to that. Can you, re- can you repeat that? Pause. <laughs> <laughs> Just rewind re- that. that. <laughs> Bring it now again. Uh-huh. In a nutshell, mm-hmm. failure feeds success. success. Mm-hmm. When you fight failure, mm-hmm. you're fighting yourself. Mm-hmm. Because failure is coming to teach you one of the most important thing in life. Mm-hmm. That is humility. Mm-hmm. Nobody becomes humble without failure. Mm-hmm. But success without failure brings one thing that is the worst in life that is proud mm. pride so in short up to that particular time my first face in life I'm proud that I failed mm. oh. Right. How do you come back from that no, perspective of life? We end the podcast part one right there. I mean, listeners, don't be afraid of your failure. Yeah. Don't be afraid of your struggle. Don't be afraid of your journey. It is your story. Be positive. Put your head up. Think through it. And the storms of life will not assail you forever. At some point, the rain will stop beating you hard. Till then, this has been our time. Yep, next week we go to part two, where we now we go into the nitty-gritty, the details of his struggle and how he's sitting here smiling. Yes. And why that smile is still in his on his face. Till then, subscribe, like us, follow us, contribute, mm-hmm. donate, let's set our friend free by helping get legal aid. See you then next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazing Truth podcast. We hope you were blessed as you listened. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. God bless you and see you on the next one.